What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. So today, we're going to cover a few topics. I don't think we'll get to uh, many missing person stories per se, but I do have a bunch of other stuff I just wanted to let you guys know. Just stuff that's going on, little whispers here and there in our little fucking conspiracy corners of the internet. I want to go over some articles I've read recently. And, of course, I want to bitch about the Kabobo 19 and the Gavman. So, if you want to hear me bitch about that, if you want to hear me give you some information, or if you're just bored as fuck and want to listen to somebody rant, sit back. Here we go. So, all the information I'm about to tell you related to the COVID vaccine, if I were to put this information on a bunch of different Reddit subs, on Facebook, or on Instagram or Twitter, my account, first of all, they would put a little warning on it saying fake news, false information, or missing information, then it would eventually lead to a permanent ban. But here on my podcast, I can say whatever the fuck I want and tell you guys what is actually happening. So let me tell you a little bit about the corona vaccine and some of the facts that we're not allowed to say on social media platforms. In Norway, 23 elderly people died after receiving the Pfizer vaccine. However, according to Reuters, quote-unquote fact-checkers, it turns out old people just die sometimes, especially in nursing homes, from a variety of causes, unless they haven't been vaccinated, in which case they definitely died of COVID, regardless of what they actually died of. For example, a 99-year-old man suffering from dementia and emphysema who tested negative for the virus three times, was added to the COVID death figures because a nursing home doctor assumed it was COVID, which Globocap had expressly instructed him to do. In Germany, 13 of 40 residents of one nursing home died after being vaccinated, but this was just a tragic coincidence, which had absolutely nothing to do with the vaccine. In Spain, another tragic coincidence, 46 nursing home residents who received the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine died within the course of one month. A further 28 of the 94 residents and 12 staff members subsequently tested positive. In Florida, a healthy middle-aged doctor died from an unusual blood disorder two weeks after receiving the vaccine. But, according to the experts, the sudden onset of this rare immunological blood disorder, immune thrombocytopenia, should not be interpreted as linked to the vaccine and was probably just a total coincidence. <laughs> In California, a 60-year-old x-ray technologist received a second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. A few hours later, he had trouble breathing. He was hospitalized and died four days later. His widow says she's not ready at this point to leak her husband's death to the vaccine. She says, I'm not putting any blame on Pfizer or on any other pharmaceutical company. So this is probably just another coincidence, right? A 78-year-old woman in California died immediately after being vaccinated, but her death was not related to the vaccine. Health officials assured the public. The woman received an injection of the COVID-19 vaccine manufactured by Pfizer around noon. 
While seated in the observation area after the injection, she complained of feeling discomfort, and while being evaluated by medical personnel, she lost consciousness. Despite the sudden death of his wife, her husband intends to receive a second dose. A former Detroit news anchor died just one day after receiving the vaccine, but it was probably just a coincidental stroke, which the normal side effects of the vaccine have masked. Also, in Michigan, a 90-year-old man died the day after receiving the vaccine. But again, this was just a tragic coincidence. As Dr. David Gorski explained, the baseline death rate of 90-year-olds is high because they're 90 years old, which makes perfect sense, unless, of course, they died of COVID, in which case their age and underlying condition makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. In Kentucky, two nuns at a monastery died and more than two dozen others tested positive in a sudden COVID-19 outbreak that began two days after the nuns were vaccinated. The monastery had been completely closed to visitors and the COVID-free up to that point, but the nuns were old and had health issues, and so on, so you get it. So in Virginia, a 58-year-old grandmother died within hours of receiving the vaccine. But as Facebook's fact-checkers prominently pointed out, it had to just be another coincidence because the vaccines have been tested for safety extensively. <laughs> you guys, I could go the fuck on and on for like 45 minutes about all the deaths associated with this vaccine. Now, I am not anti-vax in any way, shape, or form. And I also do understand that sometimes vaccines have adverse reactions. They can, you know, cause an anaphylactic shock. It can cause your body to freak out. And any vaccine could cause that. But it seems like this COVID-19 vaccination is just causing off-the-hook crazy adverse reactions. And all of this for a fucking virus that 99% of people could survive with either a no symptoms or mild to moderate fluish symptoms. It's like, have we lost our fucking mind? We're injecting this shit that's A, not even a vaccine. It goes into your fucking DNA and tries to make your immune system replicate a fucking reaction that the virus would cause. I mean, that's fucking around with genetics. We don't know long-term what's going to happen with that. Why are they pushing so hard for this to be fucking 100% vaccinated, every adult vaccinated? Did you know 75% of the armed forces personnel have refused to take the vaccination? I know, nobody's reporting on it, but that is the truth right now. It's fucking insanity come to life. And probably like the worst part of this whole vaccination cover-up bullshit is on Facebook. Now, if a person loses a loved one and happens to mention the vaccine in relation to that loved one's death, fucking Facebook would actually go on this post and put their little fact checkers approved COVID-19 vaccine have been tested extensively for safety and effectiveness. They put those tags on these grieving people's posts about their dead relatives. This woman posted, my heart is broken. This is a pain I knew I would have to face one day, and I knew it would be one of the hardest things to face. We had to say see you later to my dad yesterday. He was one of my absolute favorite people, and he knew it. He was my best friend. 
He was the one I would call if I was going through something like this. And I would say, Dad, what am I supposed to do? I would just call sometimes to hear his voice. I'll miss his voice. He was an amazing dad and an amazing grandpa. People want to know what happened. I'll tell you so you know, but we are processing through this. He got the vaccine yesterday morning, had a headache afterwards, so he lay down to take a nap and never woke up. I have the blessed assurance of where he is. He loved God and loved Jesus. So yesterday was a glorious day for him. He got to go meet Jesus and God face to face. And on this post, fucking Facebook has the audacity to put at the bottom, approved COVID-19 vaccines have been tested extensively for safety and effectiveness. It's like, really? You're going to go fucking put that on somebody's death notice? How fucking disgusting are you, Zuckerberg? Do I even really have to ask that? Fucking Christ. But it's like that all over Facebook. And not just Facebook. Reddit is the same way. I had gone on to the vaccine subreddit, and I was just kind of browsing the little comment section, and I saw somebody putting some misinformation, stating that there had not been any deaths from the vaccine. And earlier that day, I had just read about all of the deaths in Norway from the vaccine. So I wrote that and I posted a link to a story talking about the Norwegian deaths from the vaccine. I got an immediate ban from that subreddit for doing that. I'm like, what the actual fuck? I just got banned for fucking telling somebody about the deaths in Norway? What the fuck clown car world am I in, motherfuckers? What is going on? I'll tell you what the fuck is going on. The media, the tech lords, the politicians are trying to control a fucking narrative, trying to fucking do a power grab. You keep hearing about the Great Reset, Build Back Better. It's about these fucking megalomaniacs wanting complete control and power. And if more people would wake the fuck up and just tell them to fuck off, this couldn't happen. But apparently too many people are asleep at the wheel or they're just buying into what the mainstream media is telling them that everybody that talks out against the virus is a conspiracy theorist. Anybody that is doing critical thinking is a conspiracy theorist. And that's actually being said, you guys. Let me just go over a few headlines from some major media stations and newspapers and what they have to say about people talking out against the vaccine, people that are critically thinking, and people that are calling out the war on free speech. So get ready for this bullshit. So I'm getting this information from a zine called The Observer, and the article is entitled Conspiracy and the Media. So far this year, mainstream journalists have been writing profusely in a desperate attempt to understand conspiracy theorists. What began with their muddled analysis of COVID denial and 5G concerns quickly grew beyond the left-right political paradigm to lump everyone who questions the official version of events into one paranoid group. The media collectively aims to portray these individuals as a danger to social order, but the real threat they foresee is losing control of the public narrative and the subversion of their information hegemony. So a report in the industry mag called 
Homeland Security Today <laughs> kicked off the new year with a write-up about the quote-unquote five terrorism trends to watch in 2021. You can guess which trend was atop the list. The author cautions readers about the rising threat of quote-unquote conspiracy theory extremism. So what qualifies as extreme? According to the magazine's editor, 5G conspiracy theories that allege the technology is used to track people. I mean, what the fuck are they talking about? Does she not think cell phones are used to track people? Does she mean to imply that the cell phones don't monitor an owner's physical location via wireless networks? Surely belief in decades-old tracking technology doesn't qualify someone as a conspiratorial extremist, or does it? <laughs> I think it does nowadays. So going on, ABC News Salt Lake City affiliate answers the rhetorical question by painting a broader picture of potential deviance. No, COVID-19 vaccine patients are not being injected with a microchip. The article insists that conspiracy theories are not just held by extremists anymore. So back in February, Financial Times article raised a similar alarm, highlighting the terrifying fact that you might think, even being related to one of these heretical thinkers, how to take on COVID conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theorists are now our uncles and aunts and sisters and brothers even our partners. Oh my God, so scary. The calls are coming from inside the house. Tired of hunting down leads, NPR is waiting for the news to come to them by asking their audience to proactively report any unconventional thinking relatives. Dude, NPR actually contacted me and tried to get me to fucking say some crazy, like, sound bites for QAnon, and I fucking shot that girl down, and I don't think she was able to use any of our one-hour interview. But anyway, so, yeah, NPR is asking people to report on their family. The website submission page reads like a mesothelioma attorney recruiting for a class action lawsuit. Do you have a family member who you can no longer relate to because they have gone down the rabbit hole? This shit actually says this, you guys. I'm not making this shit up. And what do you think the results of this lazy-ass approach to journalism are going to be? It's just going to fucking reassure a, a paranoid extremist who thinks the deep state is out to get them more than secretly turning them into a state-sponsored media. Oh my God, <laughs> I just can't anymore, you guys. It's insanity come to life. And Bloomberg joined in on the act by reminding its audience that crazy conspiracy theorists exist across the globe. Only sometimes their far-fetched suspicions have a historical precedent. In an article about vaccine skepticism spreading across India and Pakistan, Bin Laden hunt and robot conspiracy theories test Pakistan's vaccine drive. The writers disclose a valid reason for the hesitancy from resident Muslims. Many of them have vivid memories of a CIA-organized vaccination drive that was used as a front to obtain DNA from members of Osama Bin Laden's family. This understandably left locals with a very bad taste and wary of a second helping. 
The British outlet LBC printed an interview with a fact-checking group about ways to approach conversations with a conspiratorial loved one. One mind-bending piece of advice was to encourage the conspiracy theorists in one's life to implicitly rely on quote-unquote official sources as a means of trustworthy information. If it hadn't been reported in the mainstream media, then it's probably something that hasn't happened because you would have heard about it. Where in the mainstream media? This is quite literally the definition of circular reasoning and unlikely to convince anyone to change their perspective. So instead of talking it out as their name implies, the conversation recommended an alternative solution to combat unapproved narratives. More federal oversight. So it goes on. Conspiracy theories. Why are they thriving in the pandemic? The article suggested that a senior figure in the government might also be appointed to lead on addressing misinformation. The Ministry of Truth comes to life. I fucking can't make this shit up. So Medscape is a medical news source. They took a different tone than their journalistic peers when analyzing conspiracy theory adherents. Asserting that a conspiratorial worldview doesn't qualify someone as crazy. Believing in conspiracy theories is not delusional, was the title. The two PhD authors maintain that a belief in conspiracy theories is common, noting that half the population believes in at least one. Instead of adding to the laundry list of antisocial personality traits that other writers assign to the conspiratorial crowd, like lunatic, extremist, dangerous, lack of analytical thinking, desire to be superior to others, the Medscape authors found that people skeptical of the establishment don't fit a neat description. There is no reliable profile for a conspiracy believer. In fact, the article was one of the few to acknowledge that most obvious reason for belief in conspiracy theories, the inconvenient fact that they occasionally prove to be true. So the good doctors from Medscape aside, what most of the media fail to realize is how often conspiracy theorists come to a debate armed with a bevy of facts from a wide array of disciplines. Outlets like the New York Times may boldly announce that conspiracy theorists are by definition irrational, contradictory, and inconsistent. But this characterization is disproven based on actual experience. Quote-unquote fringe researchers tend to delve deeply into the material, amassing knowledge from the conventional and unorthodox sources to inform their opinions. Arguments are dissected down to the most tedious, mundane detail and scrutinized thoroughly. They become in order to withstand the onslaught of criticism that their conspiratorial convictions attract. One only need browse the material produced by the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth to find painstaking examples of this expert. Technical Analysis Unsurprisingly, the media's recent portrayal of conspiracies amidst the defining attributes, instead claiming they quote-unquote harbor contempt for expertise. Hardly. The contempt is shown by the information guardians in the media towards those who don't readily accept their version of events. 
So, in the end, many of the articles recently published about the rise of conspiratorial thinking conclude that it's best to ignore them and not engage in debate. Hmm, that sounds smart. The Financial Times went so far as declare the exchange of ideas worthless if you can't change someone's misguided mind. Or, as they so gingerly put it, disabuse them of wrong-headed notions. My God. Calling it a waste of one's time and energy. It's telling that the same article cautioned against sharing a conspiracy theory in order to debunk it, citing fears that exposing the masses to bad ideas might accidentally convert more believers. Imagine these arbitrators of the public discourse afraid of opposing theory simply because people might find it agreeable. Oh my god. You guys, it's fucking insanity. In a separate piece in the New York Times called Don't Go Down the Rabbit Hole, it urges readers to resist the lure of rabbit holes, calling it counterproductive to engage directly with content from an unknown source. The author then laughingly offers up an expert method of trusting Wikipedia as a source of truth and fact-checking by Google. Oh my god. While the media continues to define conspiracy theorists as a danger to civilization, the only real threat they see is a population armed with alternative point of view. This concern among the purveyors of mass information in the media is shared by many professional academics. Ryan Neville Shepard, a University of Arkansas professor, professor who teaches a course on the topic of conspiracy theories, complained about what he sees as contributing to the problem. What we don't have anymore are gatekeepers. And we have an immediate access to all information that we want, he said. We can pick and choose what we want to hear. This lack of oversight is likewise worrisome to the scientific journal Nature, quote-unquote, tracking QAnon. The author bemoans the fact that the gatekeeping power of mass media has now shifted. A layperson obtaining knowledge without an academic or media filter sounds dangerous. What do these fresh journalistic attempts to discredit the mind of a conspiracy theorist truly reveal? Our organizations are terrified of a free-thinking and open-minded citizenry, a society that analyzes evidence and draws conclusions without supervision of the intellectual mainstream. So what I'm kind of getting from all of the articles that I just told you about from different entries at the CDC website, I'm just kind of uh, seeing a concerted effort between the government, between the media, and now even corporations such as Facebook and the other social media empires, they're making a concerted effort to control how we think and what we think. And it's really not that difficult at this point. Americans in school are generally not taught how to critically think. They're taught how to memorize. And to critically think is completely different than memorizing something. So if you were not lucky enough to have a parent that taught you how to critically think and gave you I guess, the boost or the push in the right direction, then you're just kind of fucked if you had one of those parents that totally relied just on the schools. 
So another thing that I'm seeing here that kind of backs up my idea that the government is pushing the media to, I guess, get everyone to think all conspiracy theorists are just tinfoil hat nuts is the government literally just put down $1 billion for different ads the CDC can run to get Americans on board with getting vaccinated. And I shouldn't even be using the word vaccinated to shoot themselves up with that experimental bullshit they're calling the corona vaccination. No shit. Out of this stimulus bill, they set aside $1 billion for vaccine-hesitant people to convince them that it's the right thing to do, the moral thing to do. And different cities are already fucking pulling the bullshit of saying you have to have a corona vaccination passport to participate in, you know, sporting events, in entertainment type things, concerts. So what's to stop them from saying you need this corona fucking passport to get a job, to go grocery shopping, to attend school? That's literally what's about to happen next. And we've been, from the beginning, all this shit I'm saying, we were called conspiracy theorists from the start. People said we were crazy conspiracy theorists for saying that there was going to be a corona vaccination passport, that we were going to be locked down longer than this two weeks to flatten the curve. Every step of the fucking way, people have talked shit to us quote unquote conspiracy theorists. And every step of the way, we've been proved right time and time again. But it's like everybody forgets that. And then they just keep going on with their life because it seems like the general public has the fucking attention span of a gnat on fucking crystal meth. That's literally like three seconds and they're on to the next fucking thing. Can't just focus and try to actually dig into something. Fucking amazes the shit out of me. But... $1 billion set aside for propaganda to get people on board with getting vaccinated. I was literally just at Save Mart tonight and they had a fucking waiting room set aside in a grocery store for all these motherfuckers lining up to get this shot. I just, I fucking, I was so shocked. I literally texted Garrett and said, there's motherfucking sheep here getting the Corona vaccine right now at the grocery store. And as a matter of fact, anytime I call my pharmacy to get a refill on a prescription or whatever, first five minutes is them talking about how I can go get a free corona vaccine. Every week in my email, a couple emails actually, I get an email from my union telling me that because I'm an essential worker, I can get it and where I can go get it for free. The fucking Gav man, literally maybe three or four times a week, he's on Instagram front and sitter starring in a video with motherfuckers getting the vaccine and he's throwing out numbers like 1 million vaccinated 500,000 vaccinated so I think uh speaking of the gab man I don't think I fucking ranted about him once during this whole episode so let's do that we've reached the 2 million signatures that were needed it wasn't even that many it was 1.5 million that was needed but because the democrats are making this whole signature verification, the most stringent of any state in the United States, we wanted to have a nice little cushion of 500,000 just in case they pull some fucking Democrat bullshit and start getting rid of signatures. 
which let me just remind everyone they said was racist uh, during this whole presidential election to do signature verification like this. But I guess it's not racist when the Gav man's getting recalled. So I don't know. We'll see. We got the amount of signatures that was needed at this point. I think they just have to go through all of it and they have one month to verify these signatures. And if 1.5 million signatures turn out to be good, they're registered voters, then there's going to be a special election. And hopefully we can get this fucking crook out of the governor's office. Um, I think I talked about this last time, but the motherfucker ordered a million dollar Mercedes Sprinter van in the middle of a pandemic when he's destroyed 60% of small businesses, when people are losing their homes, he orders a million dollar Sprinter van on the taxpayer's dime. This guy is so out of touch with reality, with the average person that he does not deserve to represent us. And especially California, the best fucking state there is. And this guy, this douchebag is representing us. I don't even know. I think the problem is we get all these people from other states that come here and they think California is one way. They think it's going to be fucking this liberal paradise. And then they're hell of liberal and it's just liberal on liberal on liberal squared. And you get California, the mess we're in. And I'm kind of in the thick of it out in the Bay Area. San Francisco is known to be like just the most liberal spot maybe in the country. So I'm right in the fucking thick of these morons everywhere. So I, I got to live with it on a daily, guys. It's fucking killing me. So I think that's about it. But I do have to thank our downloaders like I always do. Uh, Denver, you guys are still in number one. You guys uh, actually have been holding it for a few weeks. I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on in Colorado? Hey, guys, thank you. I appreciate it. And then San Jose, you guys are still in the second spot. And who do we got in third? Let me see here. Okay, so Redding, what's up, guys? You're back, and I guess you're sticking around for a while because you've been here now three weeks. We got Gresham, Happy Valley, Sacktown. You guys came back. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for the downloads. I appreciate it. If you guys uh, want to stop by and say hi, you can email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or go to the Instagram and search vanishedinthevalleyathena. Come say what's up. Shoot me a line. So I think that's about it. But as I always say, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. If you would like to become a producer and support Vanished in the Valley, you can go to Cash App and search for Vanished Athena, or you can go to the episode description, scroll down, and look for a link that says Support Acast Vanished in the Valley. Click that link and it'll bring you to a page where you can show us some love. Are you lost?